Hey, Mike here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Dark Poutine early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Uh, welcome back to Dark Poutine. Uh, I am Michael Brown, and that is Matthew Stockton. I don't know your middle name, I just realized. Thomas. Matthew Thomas Stockton. I did know that. Did you? I think you told me that before. Okay. But uh, Thomas, that's a good name. That's a good, strong, solid, strong name you've got there. Matthew solid, Thomas solid, Stockton. Yeah. I am Michael Christopher Brown. Yeah. yeah. The views, information, and opinions expressed during the Dark Patine podcast are solely those of the producer and do not necessarily represent those of Curious Cast, its affiliate Global News, nor its parent company, Chorus Entertainment. Dark Poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Our content is often intense and some listeners may find it disturbing. We are not experts on the topics we present, nor are we journalists. We are ordinary Canadian schmucks chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Put on your toque, grab yourself a double-double and a Nanaimo bar. It's time to scarf down some Dark Poutine. You are responsible for obtaining and maintaining at your own cost all equipment needed to listen to Dark Poutine. Dark poutine can be addictive. Side effects may include, but not be limited to, pausing and questioning the system, elevated heart rate, pondering humanity, odd looks from colleagues as you laugh out loud at work, family members not into true crime worrying about you. Positive side effects may include some perspectives and opinions that you disagree with, as well as some wokeness and empathy. If you don't think dark poutine is for you, consult your doctor immediately. Trina Hunt, a 48-year-old woman from Port Moody, B.C., was reported missing on the evening of January 18, 2021. Her husband, Ian, claimed to have seen her at home that morning. Her whereabouts remained unknown for weeks despite extensive search efforts by authorities and volunteers in that neighborhood and community. Tragically, Trina's body was discovered near Hope, B.C., south of Silver Creek on March 29, 2021. It was determined that her death was a homicide. The investigation into her murder is ongoing and her killer has yet to be apprehended. This is Dark Poutine episode 274, The Unsolved Murder of Trina Hunt. I've avoided covering this case for some time for several reasons. Chief among them is that this story is personal to me. I've been afraid I wouldn't do a good job. Trina Hunt and I were supervisors at Shaw Communications in Vancouver. I knew of Trina. We'd sat in the same room a number of times, but we were not at all well acquainted. She worked in a different department several floors above the one where I worked. I desperately wanted to get this right for Trina, her family, and her friends. Later in the show, we'll hear from my friend, Lauren Johnston, another fellow co-worker of Trina's. He'll share with us some of his memories of her. Yeah, you've you've spoken a few times about uh, with me about um, Trina and how 
she was liked and um mm-hmm. i can remember when she went missing and eventually found murder that you're upset and it's yeah i understand this is a this is a hard one because it's um not solved it's local you're connected mm-hmm. and she seemed like a very nice person uh, from all reports yeah. all reports yeah. she was very nice Trina Ibbett was born on June 6, 1972. She grew up in the Tri-Cities. Tri-Cities is an informal grouping of three neighboring suburban cities outside Vancouver, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam, and Port Moody in BC's Lower Mainland. While Trina went to work, Ian went off to UBC where he studied landscape architecture. He continued his schooling, receiving a BSc in construction management, and then earned an MBA. According to an article in the Globe and Mail, Ian Hunt joined Clean Tech Service Group Limited, a small janitorial firm in Richmond, B.C. in 2003, to help expand the business. Recognizing the need for growth beyond capabilities of the company's original owners, Ian was given autonomy and freedom to make decisions. Under his leadership, Clean Tech grew into a company with an annual revenue of approximately $13 million dollars, employing around 300 janitorial workers across various sites in B.C. Ian said that he hired people who excelled in areas where he lacked expertise, recognizing their value and contributing to the company's success, and by 2013, he was the CEO. According to their website, quote, Clean Tech Service Group offers a variety or group of services to manage buildings, both inside and out, so you can experience the convenience of one-stop shopping, by making one call, Clean Tech can handle anything that relates to the cleaning of a building. End quote. Trina was a hard worker too. After high school, she was employed briefly at a daycare center, but had her eye on bigger things and eventually went to work at Shaw Communications. The upwardly mobile couple eventually purchased their first home in Coquitlam before upgrading to the 3,100 square foot five bedroom home they lived in at 38 Hawthorne Drive on Heritage Mountain when Trina disappeared. She left Shaw around the same time I did in 2018. She retired and I carried on creating this podcast. Everyone I spoke to loved Trina. She was bubbly, funny, kind, creative, and compassionate. She loved to bake. Many of our former co-workers stayed in touch with Trina after leaving Shaw, including my friend Lorne Johnston. I spoke with Lorne recently and he shared some memories of Trina with me. Here's my conversation with Lorne. Welcome to the show, Lorne. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. You knew Trina. You and she were pretty good friends from what I've come to understand. You know her family, her her folks especially. Tell us a little bit about how you first met Trina and and what kind of person she was. Well, uh, yeah, I've known Trina for quite a while. I really got to know her when I was actually in the training department mm-hmm. where we worked and we sat uh, chair to chair. So she sat behind me. And obviously, when I was at my desk, we'd often talk back and forth. We'd have, a, you know, have a lot of laughs together, you know, talking about everything that was going on with us at work and what have you. Sure. You know, and, and it was great. And, it, you know, you know, it, it, we really got to know each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. In that regard, Trina was a wonderful person, just uh, down to earth, uh, wonderful, caring, thoughtful, attentive. 
She loved to laugh. Everybody that I've talked to about her, even who knew her very briefly, said exactly that. Like she was funny and loved to have a good laugh. Oh, she did. She really did. And she really liked to make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like she really wanted you to feel good, right? And uh, oh, yeah, her laughter was amazing. So we would joke about a lot of things. Uh, you know, I remember uh, her, one of her birthdays was at work. So I took some photos of her on her birthday and she was dressed up in that yeah. stuff. And, and just, you know, just her whole demeanor was just amazing, right? And very caring, very, you know, uh, really loved to help people out. That's, that's the way she came across to me. Yeah. So when you left Shaw, you stayed in touch with her or? Yeah. So, yeah, we did. I mean, what we would normally do is we'd actually email each other. So I actually have a, some emails that I've kept. And uh, one of the things she loved to do was travel as well, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Europe, um, lots of, she's provided me lots of info about how her travels were, where she went. Uh, she also loved to entertain people as well. So, you know, she's saying she's having a party, a birthday party or a barbecue for family. So she really enjoyed doing that type of thing. Right. And um, yeah. And and if I can say, Mike, like it was a real obviously, you know, you never expect something like this to happen to right. somebody, you know, yeah. somebody you're close to. Right. And um, to me, it was just devastating um, when it happened. I heard about it two days later after she had disappeared. Right. And literally, I was about to email her. I was going to get a hold of her because I thought, well, I haven't talked to Trina in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to reach out to her. So literally the Wednesday after, I was just getting ready to send an email and I saw that she was missing. Right. So as you can imagine, my heart dropped right when that when that occurred. For sure. What did you think? Like I thought... Perhaps, you know, she'd wandered off into the woods and and perhaps had, you know, fallen or something and that she'd be found and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, I thought it was going to be something like that. And that's that's exactly what I thought, too, Mike, as well. I thought, you know, it would be a matter of us searching for her. She would have gotten off the beaten path. Um, something like that would have happened because she loved to walk around her neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, uh, you know, there's wooded areas around there. So I, you know, I assumed it would be that I did. I was involved in some of the search parties as well. Yeah. I did some looking around there, spent a lot of weekends doing that. Um, Yeah. So I never thought it would come to, to where it's come to now where they, you know, where they found the remains. That was just devastating. And so um, how did you hear about that? Did you hear about it on the news like the rest of us or uh, did you have some info, insider info for that? Yeah, no, I did hear it on the news as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd heard, uh, you know, I'd heard what they had done on the weekend and, and, you know, I wasn't sure how that had played out and I knew that they had gone to hope they had gone up there, but I didn't really put two and two together with that because again, we were searching for her around the area where she lived. Right. Right. So, right. Because Ian said that he'd seen her the morning before she was reported missing. So right. uh, everybody right. was acting on that information at that time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and like I said, spent lots of hours just w- uh, with some other friends that she knows, mm-hmm. you know, looking, searching, you know, for we- on the weekends. And, and uh, it was, you know, you felt like you were doing something like, I mean, right. it definitely helped. 
mm-hmm. because it gave you, you know, at least we're doing something. We're trying right. to do something out there to, you know, come to a a good conclusion. Which right. In this case, it didn't work out that way. So what, what kind of things are going through your mind while you're searching? Oh, well, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm just looking to, for any little thing while mm-hmm. I'm searching, like any hint of, you know, a piece of clothing or, and then hoping that, you know, she's going to be there and, and she'd be breathing and, you know, it right. come to, you know, we would see her, give her a big hug and that would be it. But I was searching, you know, everywhere looking for some type of sign that, you know, she might be in this area. You know, yeah. even it was close to her house, even in that area, you know, that's, that's what was going through my mind. I never thought again, that it would be a matter of, uh, you know, her, her remains would be found. Yeah. Never entered my mind. And that the way she had perished was not good. No, no, yeah. not at all. Not good. So yeah, it was, uh, like I say, devastating for me. And, you know, uh, here's a wonderful woman who you know, just really had a good, good friendship you know and, and really enjoyed talking to her and, and and getting to know her and then for this to happen you know just uh again you never expect something like this well i want to thank you for taking some time to talk to me uh and we should go for a coffee at some point soon because we i haven't seen you physically in so long i would love that mike i think that would be great it'd be great to catch up for sure i think i owe you a latte or something That would be awesome. (laughs) Whatever you drink. (laughs) The following timeline was built mostly using the information on TrinaHunt.com, created by a family friend. At the bottom of that site is a disclaimer, quote, This website is not operated by Trina Hunt's family, nor is associated with them in any way. The facts in this website are believed to be correct at the time of publication. TrinaHunt.com is maintained by a small group of dedicated people that want to find out what has happened to Trina and will never let Trina's memory be forgotten. Here's what we know so far. On Monday, January 18th, 2021, at 5 p.m. after returning home from work, Ian Hunt called Port Moody Police and reported Trina missing. Ian said that he'd left the house at 6 a.m. and Trina was still asleep at that time. Ian returned home to 38 Hawthorne Drive at around 4.30 p.m. and discovered Trina's wallet, keys, phone, and car still there, but Trina was nowhere to be found. The front door was locked, and there were no apparent signs of forced entry. Nothing was out of place, and the home's alarm had not been armed that day. Ian reported that he had not set the house alarm the night before, Sunday night, because he planned to leave for work early and didn't want to disturb Trina's sleep. In the houses on Hawthorne Drive, the alarm pad is located in the hallway outside the master bedroom, so disabling the alarm would typically produce two loud beeps, but turning it off and leaving in the morning did not generate any continuous beeping that could have potentially awakened someone. It's worth noting that Trina was meticulous about ensuring the security alarm was activated and all windows and doors were closed at night and when they weren't at home. Yeah, it seems odd that the the one of the few nights or the one night that it's not turned on, this happens. Right. I mean, what are the chances? What know? are the chances? Bad yeah. luck. Uh, I don't think luck has anything to do with it. Right away, Port Moody police began canvassing the Heritage Mountain area. They also began searching through already obtained video footage from the neighborhood 
and requested more security foot footage from neighbors and video from driver's dash cams. Canine sniffer dogs were used around the hunt's home, but could not pick up any scent that might lead to Trina. Within days, I'd heard through mutual friends who'd worked with Trina and myself that she'd gone missing. She was believed to be wearing her black North Face jacket with a teal green collar and pink and purple running shoes. A few of us thought perhaps Trina had gone for a walk and that something had happened to her. There are lots of trails in the area close to their home. Some of us thought she could have had an accident, maybe fallen, and could not reach out for help as her phone was back at home. There have been cougar sightings in Port Moody and even the odd attack, most often on neighborhood pets. Cougar attacks on adult humans, although rare, do occur from time to time. Everyone was praying that Trina would be found safe in a matter of days, but that didn't happen. On the morning of January 19, 2021, the ground search was initiated by Port Moody Police search and rescue teams along with numerous community volunteers in and around Port Moody. They continued over the course of the next two days. Sergeant Ian Morrison confirmed the involvement of an RCMP helicopter and canine unit who joined in the search efforts. Additionally, a half dozen officers were assigned to the case. I personally began obsessively checking news sites and Facebook updates for news of Trina, but nothing came. Trina's cousins publicly expressed their disbelief that Trina would simply walk away from her life, citing her recent retirement. They said that there were no apparent financial, marital, or mental health concerns that anyone was aware of. The circumstances surrounding her disappearance seemed inexplicable to people who knew Trina. The targeted community search was called off on January 21st. Over the next couple of weeks, search and rescue and canine units were deployed several times in different areas around Port Moody. There was no sign of Trina Hunt anywhere. It was as though she'd been picked up off the planet and just taken away. On January 30th, Another woman, a 23-year-old mother of two from Chilliwack named Shailene Bell, went missing. For a time, some people believed the two disappearances, so close in succession, might be connected. On February 1, 2021, however, Shailene's vehicle was discovered parked at the end of Ballam Road in Chilliwack, near the Fraser River. Despite the diligent efforts of the police and community in conducting extensive searches for her, Shailene Bell also remained missing. On February 17th, almost a month after Trina Hunt was reported missing, the Port Moody Police posted a news release to update the public regarding their search and investigation efforts. The update read, quote, Trina Hunt was reported missing on January 18th, 2021. Numerous investigative resources have been utilized in our search for Trina, including RCMP Air Services, Coquitlam Search and Rescue, the Vancouver Police Marine Unit, and the Lower Mainland Integrated Police Dog Service, our investigators have pursued the available avenues of inquiry, including minute-by-minute -minute examination of a massive amount of recovered CCTV footage, tips from the public, and numerous in-person interviews. We have also contacted our partners at the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, IHIT, as part of that team's mandate is to investigate suspicious missing person cases where foul play is suspected. At this time, evidence indicates that this missing person case does not meet IHIT's mandate. The Port Moody Police wishes to thank the family of Trina Hunt for their ongoing support and cooperation during this extremely difficult time. To date, Trina remains missing, and our investigation is active and ongoing. End quote. In an interview with the local radio station News 1130 on February 18th, 
exactly a month after Trina was reported missing. Port Moody's police chief, David Flugel, reiterated that there was no evidence of foul play in Trina Hunt's disappearance, so his department could not utilize IHIT's resources. Flugel expressed confidence that Trina's disappearance would be solved and his team was making inroads. It was disappointing to hear that Trina's disappearance did not meet IHIT's mandate to involve them in the investigation. What a blow that must have been to her family. On one hand, it might have given them the hope that Trina was still alive, but on the other, to hear that further resources won't be spent to find her as her disappearance didn't meet some arbitrary mandate had to be devastating. A GoFundMe page was created at the end of February by friends of Trina to help bring her home. The page, which we'll link to her in our show notes, is still active and at this writing has reached over $23,000, surpassing its original $20,000 goal. As well as TrinaHunt.com and a GoFundMe page, Trina's friends and supporters have set up a Facebook page, Facebook groups, an Instagram account, and a Twitter page. The hashtags TrinaHunt and Justice for Trina have been shared many times. Bumper stickers and posters were made and have been plastered all over. I recently spotted one of the reward posters on a utility pole on the Fraser Highway here in Langley. I've seen them elsewhere as well. Meanwhile, police were trying to piece together a timeline of Trina's movements leading up to her disappearance. They discovered CCTV footage of Trina from Thursday, January 14, 2021, four days before she was reported missing. She was in a retail area, and this is said to be the last known public footage of her. Trina had been exchanging text messages with a friend in Ottawa on Friday, January 15th. Ian claimed that he and Trina had driven up to Hope the next day, Saturday, January 16th. They used his gray 3 Series BMW, which was apparently unusual, as it was more common for them to use Trina's much larger Mercedes SUV for weekend excursions. Ian said that they'd left their phones at home as part of an agreed, quote, digital detox and went to visit a remote place they used to camp. This explained why Trina hadn't been responding to text messages all weekend. Ian said they'd gotten home from Hope that evening in time to watch a movie before going to bed. The weather in Hope had not been at all nice that weekend. According to TrinaHunt.com, Hope, B.C. was cold and icy all weekend, with clouds, fog patches, and light showers. My research on the Environment Canada website confirms this. What a strange time to go for a walk in the woods. Another odd thing was that Ian claimed they'd not stopped. However, there were sightings of Ian and his BMW at the Flying J service station at 63100 Flood Hope Road at some point on January 16th. Sources say that police have been aware of this early in the investigation. There are other sources that say he was also spotted early on Sunday morning near Hope. If this is true, they weren't home in time to watch a movie. When questioned about their activities on Sunday, Ian mentioned that it had been a quiet weekend. However, the details provided regarding what Ian and Trina specifically did were described as vague, so the events of Sunday remain largely unknown, leaving everyone uncertain regarding what transpired. According to TrinaHunt.com, in the late afternoon on January 17th, someone using Trina's phone responded to some of her text messages, including one from a former co-worker. However, the manner of writing appeared different from what was Trina's usual style, lacking her characteristic use of emojis. The messages were unusually curt. At 7.19 p.m., a text was sent replying with the word, Amen, a phrase that Trina was not known to use, 
raising further suspicion about the authenticity of the messages. A strange post to Ian's Pinterest account sometime between January 17th and the 24th also raised eyebrow. It was a meme, a frowning little girl, her middle finger raised defiantly with the text, Sorry if I offended you, but maybe you needed to be offended. Here's my apology, and one more thing, fuck you. The post, since removed by someone, was unusual on the account, and it now hosts only photos of men's fashion, shoes, and high-end lifestyle. I hate it, Pinterest boards like that. Why? Because it's also vacuous, and it's it sort of like, I find that the people that do that, sort of like, look at the expensive crap I want. Yeah. It's not even your stuff. You know, like, it's it's stuff you want to buy? Is that what, that what it's about? I think so, or it's the lifestyle you want to live, okay. you aspire to. For me, I've used Pinterest before for um, when I was doing photography and I would find a photo that I liked that I was inspired by and would want to, okay. you know, perhaps try and recreate. Or... Yeah, I just, I just find sort of like showing ads for high-end stuff is a little bit um, boring. Trina Hunt's family released a statement on March 1st, 2021. Global News covered the event. Here's full audio of that. My name is Stephanie Ibbett, and Trina is my cousin-in-law. I'm going to read a statement from Trina's family. When we think about tragedies that may happen in our lifetime, it is unimaginable that something like this could actually occur. Your daughter, your wife, your sister, your cousin going missing. The grief and emotional turmoil that Trina's family is going through is beyond explanation. With that in mind, our family has decided that for the time being, Trina's immediate family will not be speaking to media. This decision was not taken lightly, and we thank everybody for respecting this. Our family stands in solidarity with one another, the Ibbets and the Hunts. Our mutual goal is to find Trina while supporting one another through this unprecedented time. Our anguish is unbearable. It is quite simply, impossible to function at times. Our world has been turned completely upside down. Trina is the light of our lives. She is the center of our worlds. She has a heart of gold. And when you're with her, she makes you feel like you are the most important person in the room. Her charisma and energy, her vividness and genuine zest for life are just a few of the reasons why our hearts are so shattered right now. Trina's husband could not be here today, but he supports our efforts and has asked us to read the following statement. The past six weeks since Trina's disappearance have been a devastating and incredibly difficult time for me and everyone who knows my wife. I feel the same frustration and incomprehension that her parents, family and friends share in not knowing what has happened to Trina. I'm confident the police are doing all they can to solve this case, and I am hopeful that they will bring Trina home. On behalf of Trina's entire family, I want to thank the incredible community of Port Moody and beyond for all of the support over these last six weeks. You have lifted our spirits during our darkest moments, and you have been there for us when we have needed your help with important tasks related to our search for Trina. For this help, we are forever grateful. There is a hole in our hearts without Trina here. We need answers, we need closure, we need Trina. We will not stop until we find her. We will not give up hope. Thank you. 
That same day, Trina's friends and family had a banner placed at an overpass in Port Moody appealing for information about Trina's whereabouts. On the 10th of March, Cleantech, the company for which Ian had been CEO since 2013, terminated his employment for reasons not made public. Cleantech removed all references to Ian Hunt from their site. Ian told people he was taking a sabbatical. On the morning of March 29, 2021, human remains were discovered near Hope, B.C., south of Silver Creek. Upon learning of the discovery, several families of missing people in B.C., including Trina's, had mixed emotions. They were worried that the remains might belong to their loved ones, but also desperately wanted answers. It would take some time before the remains could be positively identified. Trina's family would have to wait. The same day as the discovery of the remains in Hope, Ian Hunt left the home he shared with Trina to go to Mission, where he temporarily moved in with his parents. On April 1st, from late in the morning until somewhere around 2 p.m., a marked Coquitlam RCMP cruiser and an unmarked police car were seen parked outside 38 Hawthorne Drive. Ian was not present. Meanwhile, Trina's family did what they could to keep her face in the news, desperately wanting answers. They worked on new posters, which were later distributed. Marking the third month since Trina's disappearance, a small candlelight vigil was held. In a video posted of the event on YouTube, Stephanie Ibbett, Trina's cousin-in-law, read another statement from the family, again asking for anyone with information on Trina's disappearance to please come forward. From the description on the video, quote, Trina's vigil was a small, albeit beautiful, twilight gathering of Ibbett family members and a few close friends to mark three months since Trina went missing. We miss her every single day, and we will not stop searching until she's found, end quote. No doubt Trina's vigil would have been much better attended had it not taken place amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Ian Hunt was not spotted at the Hawthorne Drive home again until he briefly visited on April 27th. On May 1st, Trina Hunt's family finally got an answer, but it was the one that they'd been dreading. Their beloved Trina was dead. At 1.57 p.m., the news was announced with a tweet on the iHit Twitter account, accompanied by a picture of Trina Hunt smiling. It read, Human remains found in hope on March 29th are those of 48-year-old Trina Hunt of Port Moody. This is now a homicide case. Foul play suspected. We'll be working with Port Moody PD. No further details at this time. Investigation is active and ongoing. No media availability. We'll be back with more after a quick break. And we are back. Matthew, thoughts so far? Somebody out there murdered Trina. Yeah. And who knows what the circumstances were, if mm -hmm. there was premeditation, if there was a crime of passion. The police have held back a lot right. of information. Who, who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yep. So, you know, a human being has been killed uh -huh. and the person that killed her is out there somewhere, period. Right, right, right. right. And... You know, I was thinking about this, Mike, and, and it's tough, but, you know, that person probably has family and friends, mm -hmm. right? Perhaps those family members or friends suspect something. Right. Um, but because they know and love them, um, they don't haven't said anything to the authorities yet. Right. Um, and perhaps even know something. And, and because of the sense of loyalty, they didn't say something. Right. Right. And... Um, you know, I think in some ways this is understandable. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible position to be in. 
Um, maybe that person thinks, you know, it's too late now. I'll be judged or, or maybe I already lied. Right. Right. And it's to, never too late though. It, to those people, I, I have to say, you know, if you know something, yeah, reach deep down inside you. Yeah. And you'll find that little sort of piece of light yeah. of what you know is the right thing to do. Yep. Uh, otherwise you'll carry this burden for the rest of your life mm -hmm. and it, it will eat away at you. And, and, and so if you know something, yep. free yourself, free her family and friends and the community who lived in fear because of this. Right. You didn't do it. And we understand how hard it is, but it's time to do the right thing. Yeah. News that the remains identified were Trina Hunt swept through the community of Port Moody, and every news organization in the Lower Mainland provided updates on the case's progress. Friends, family members, and neighbors left flowers, balloons, and cards outside Trina's Hawthorne Drive home. Ian and his dad were spotted at the home on May 4th, and neighbors said the Honda pickup they arrived in was in the driveway all night. In several news articles, police confirmed that they believe Trina's death in several news articles, police confirmed that they believe Trina's death resulted from foul play and was now being investigated as a homicide. Finally, the full weight of IHIT's resources was brought to bear, but it was three and a half months after her disappearance and her murder. There had been social media speculation that someone had turned themselves in, but IHIT spokesperson Sergeant Frank Yang said those rumors were unfounded. He stated that, Although no one had been arrested, they hoped that would happen soon. Trina's family was frustrated and angry. Colin Ibbett, Trina's cousin, and his wife Stephanie spoke candidly to Romina Daya of Global News for a story released on May 10th. Here's the audio, which partially refreshes the case's timeline and the family's feelings. It's a cold Monday morning, March 29th when human remains are discovered south of Silver Creek in Hope. And my heart just dropped and we were just on edge all week waiting for information. But another 32 days pass before Trina Hunt's family is told the remains found in Hope are Trina's. It was just anger like I've never felt before. There was like, there was no love left in my heart that day. It's been almost four months since 48-year-old Trina vanished. Friday, January 15th, Trina is texting with a good friend from Ontario. They talk about setting up a virtual cocktail over the weekend. Saturday, Trina gets a text from a former co-worker. No response. Sunday, the former colleague finally gets a reply just before 5 p.m. I'm trying a digital detox. Haven't touched the phone all weekend, reads the text. Fast forward to Monday when Trina's husband, Ian, reports her missing. According to police, he's the last person to see her at their Port Moody home early that morning before leaving for work. When Ian returns... The front door was unlocked, the, the alarm was unset, and then, yeah, her keys, wallet, cell phone, car was all, was all there, but not her. The digital detox text message sent from Trina's phone back in January Odd, says her cousin. I think it's uh, possible that it wasn't her. During a family meeting, Stephanie Ibbett says Trina's husband explains. The digital detox came up and it was just said that she had needed a break from COVID and Trump on the news and they decided to take the weekend away from their cell phones. For, the, for that to be the, you know, the precursor to her going missing, it just seems strange. There's no... 
Ibit says Ian told the family he and Trina went to Hope two days before she was reported missing. They would go on long drives with purpose, such as going to the dairy farm, um, but they went to Hope to revisit a campground that they had visited in their 20s. The part that makes no sense for me is the, is the drive to Hope on the Saturday without cell phones, and then she is found in Hope. We heard that he took a lie detector. Is this true? Do you have any information on that? He, he told us that he took one and he passed. We reached out to Ian. No response. Police initially said there was no evidence of foul play. Now it's a homicide investigation. No charges have been laid. I hit stating Monday there's no update in the case. I know no. these things take time. Um, and I know they can't share with us every single thing that they got because obviously that would, wouldn't be right. So I, I just, I, I have to have faith and trust that, that, that they're doing what they need to do. Trina's cousins grateful to every single person for their help and support, but they're asking the public to dig deep again, this time for any information about anything suspicious in the Hope area the weekend of January 16th. Finally, one last plea. The person that did this needs to come forward and they need to put an end to this because they're not going to escape it. It's, it's time to put an end to the suffering, the indignity done to Trina. It's time to come forward and to do the right thing. Romina Dea, Global News. On June 1st, Trina's family announced a $50,000 reward leading to the arrest and charges laid in the murder of Trina Hunt. The new poster shows a photo of Trina and Ian standing before a Christmas tree. The text of the poster reads, quote, Help solve the murder of Trina Hunt. $50,000 reward for information leading to an arrest and charges. Hunters, trappers, residents, and visitors to Hope, B.C., January 16 to 18, 2021. Please check old dash cam, trail cam, home security footage if you were in and around Hope, B.C. Your fine could net you $50,000 and help solve a murder. If you have any information about Trina's murder, or if you think you saw Ian or Trina in the Hope area in January 2021, call 1-877-551-IHIT. On June 5, 2021, simultaneous search warrants were executed by IHIT and Port Moody Police at both Trina's residence and Ian's parents' home in Mission, where he had been staying for a significant portion of the time since Trina's disappearance. Over the next few days, witnesses observed the police engaging in forensic 3D scanning and removing various items, including mail and paperwork. Trina's white Mercedes SUV, which Ian had been driving, was towed by police from his parents' home in Mission, while Ian's gray BMW was removed from the Hawthorne Drive home in Port Moody. What would have been Trina's 49th birthday came and went on June 6 as police continued to scour her home looking for clues about her murder. People hoped with all this activity there would be a quick resolution. However, no arrests were made in the days and weeks after the completion of these searches. Marking the one-year anniversary of Trina's disappearance, January 18, 2022, IHIT released a statement. It read in part, quote, IHIT continues to investigate this active and priority case. At this stage, IHIT's primary objective is to preserve all avenues of investigation and the integrity of what has been gathered thus far. So at this time, to maintain this integrity, 
IHIT has no information to share. We understand there is a great deal of interest, and our updates have been limited, said Sergeant David Lee of IHIT. These investigations take time, and we do not want to jeopardize a positive outcome, end quote. On June 3, 2022, Neighbors across the street from 38 Hawthorne Drive shot a video of a man being handcuffed in the driveway of that home. According to Global News, Trina's loved ones have claimed that was Ian Hunt. The website TrinaHunt.com also confirmed this by way of photos. However, IHIT has never released a statement identifying the individual, but those who know Ian recognized him. Some people hoped he would be charged on Trina's 50th birthday, but that did not happen. He was released on June 4th, and no charges were laid. In late 2022, an MLS listing for 38 Hawthorne Drive appeared and priced the home at $2,388,800. The description of the residence follows. Executive family home, situated on a beautifully landscaped lot with its own private forest views and picturesque heritage woods, this signature three-level home has been uplifted with luxury upgrades throughout, making it the perfect West Coast family home. Built in 2006, this five-bedroom home was refinished by its original owner with elegant contemporary finishes, including crown molding, baseboards, and new window casings in preparation for its debut on the market. Designed as the heart of the home, the great room with its cozy gas fireplace and floor-to-ceiling stone hearth opens to the gourmet kitchen and formal dining area making the space perfect for gathering and entertaining. The beautifully landscaped private backyard flows seamlessly into the untouched forest. With such natural privacy, as well as a two-car driveway garage, engaging street appeal, and convenient location to schools, shops, and transit, this family living space offers the perfect blend of modern comfort, functionality, and style. End quote. The listing of the property for sale generated significant attention and discussion on social media among those who had been following the investigation. Most of the vitriol was directed at Ian for trying to, quote, cash out. On January 18, 2023, the two-year anniversary of the investigation into Trina's murder, IHIT released their annual update on the case. This included a statement written by Trina's brother, Brad Ibbett. It reads, quote, Sadly, it has been two years since our dear Trina was first reported missing and was later found murdered in Hope, B.C. This journey has been incredibly difficult, with never-ending waves of grief, anguish, and trauma repeatedly engulfing us. Nothing about our path has been simple. We so wish Trina knew of all the support that has embraced her these past two years. Trina would be humbled, a little bashful, truthfully a lot, but would also be ever so appreciative of all the love. We continue to thank you for the ongoing positive comments and support. Your kindness has truly helped us cope, end quote. A family purchased Trina and Ian's former Heritage Mountain home in April this year, and the sale was completed in May. They immediately applied to the city of Port Moody to have the home's address changed. Citing the safety of their two children, the purchasing couple asked the city to waive the $625 change of address fee. According to reporter Patrick Penner's article on the Tri-Cities Dispatch, a letter was sent to the city council. It read in part, quote, As you may be aware, the property is known in the community to be stigmatized because it is related to an ongoing police investigation. We would like to minimize harassment and work toward changing the stigma 
by giving the home, street, neighborhood, and community a fresh start, starting with a new address, fresh coat of paint, and a new family, end quote. A council vote denied their request, the fee was paid, and the address has since been changed. Uh, there hasn't been much about Trina's case in the news this year and no official updates other than that from iHit on the second anniversary of her disappearance. The subreddit, R Missing Trina Hunt, remains active with lots of speculation and discussion. In March of this year, after spotting Ian's car, Trina's white Mercedes SUV, outside a local Dairy Queen, a member of the subreddit confronted him shooting video with her phone as he sat in the store while eating what appeared to be a peanut buster parfait. In the video, Ian is dressed in a blue hoodie and puffy vest over a t-shirt. He's also wearing green pants with a matching green Land Rover hat on his head. Ian looks much different. His now long hair is pulled back into a ponytail, and his beard, a recent addition, is almost completely gray. He seems like he's aged a hundred years and he's also been taken off guard, initially surprised by the woman and her cell phone. The woman says, quote, Hi, Ian, mispronouncing his name, maybe even on purpose. She continues, You don't know me, but, and that's fine, but time's ticking. As she continues, Ian looks down at his Sunday, pushing the ice cream around with his red DQ spoon. She says, I'm really confused by how you just walk around like nothing happened. It won't be for too long. Ian takes another bite of his food, picks up his phone, puts it into his vest, and then picks up his food and begins to walk off without a word toward the exit. The woman pursues him, saying, tail between your legs. And as he exits the restaurant, she says, tick-tock, Ian, tick-tock. Instead of getting into the SUV and driving off, Ian walks right by it as the woman asks, aren't you going to your car right there? He continues without a word around the buildings and out of sight. I'm not sure how I feel about this. On the one hand, if he's guilty of doing anything, I think, well, you've made your bed. However, nothing's been proven in any court. So what happens if he's truly innocent of what people are accusing him of? Like, I mean, his wife was murdered. I, I think uh, this woman's actions is, is, is not helpful. No. It's not helpful. I, I can imagine that there's a lot of emotion in the community, mm -hmm. but that's not helpful. No. And um, don't, that, that's not achieving anything. No. It's getting attention for yourself. Um, you know, there's nothing investigative or helpful about that at all, other yeah. than harassing. And as much as people want to do it, in any case, right, Mike, um, you know, because we do this, we, we often see online during, in research and everything, everyone jumping like a mob rule. Right. It's not helpful. No. Um, I mean, I, I wrote here, more than one user disagreed with the tactics used in the video, but users of the subreddit, m the majority of them, voted those comments down, uh, the yeah, ones that were calling out the behavior. So, you know, it is that mob rule thing. There's a lot of emotion on social media sites around unsolved murders, and often strangely, like people who've never even met the victim or have no skin in the game at all. Yeah, and um, and like I said, you know... People do people things, and you can understand the emotion, but, but you, 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 you just can't do stuff like that. The final post on the meticulously researched timeline on TrinaHunt.com is telling. It reads, quote, 
Trina's family has renewed the $50,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and charges for the murder of Trina. Then, highlighted in red, the post concludes, Ian Hunt and his family are consistently conspicuous in their absence in helping search for Trina or Trina's killer. Other than a couple of impotent statements written by Ian and read out by Trina's family over the last year, Ian Hunt and his family has not contributed towards the reward. They have not and refused to commit any finances nor time nor provide any more encouragement, effort, nor exposure to help track down Trina's killer and help provide closure. Ian and his family's silence and weak action is deeply noted by all, her friends, and most importantly, the memory and family of Trina. End quote. A bit of a disclaimer here. We're not clear whether or not what this site is claiming is true. So, take it for what it is. These are words on a website at this point. IHIT is asking anyone with information who has not spoken to the police to contact the IHIT information line at 1-877-551-IHIT-4448 or by email at ihitinfo at rcmp-grc.gc.ca. A side note before we wrap things up. Sadly, the body of Shailene Bell, whose disappearance we mentioned previously as possibly connected to Trina's, was found on June 2, 2021, in the Fraser River near Coquitlam. She is presumed to have drowned, and the police did not find evidence to support foul play. An autopsy revealed the cause of death was drowning. Additionally, there was no evidence of traumatic injury. Toxicological testing revealed the presence of her prescription medications. There was no connection between Shailene Bell's death and Trina Hunt's murder. And that's it for Dark Poutine, episode 274, The Unsolved Murder of Trina Hunt. So I noticed you didn't really say much for this episode. You, you told me specifically before we started recording that you didn't have a lot to say, and I understand that, but can you explain it for our listeners why you didn't want to say much? Um... Because you're connected to her. Mm. Um, it's fresh. It's unsolved. It's in our greater community. Yep. Uh, I know people who... Uh, Live in the neighborhood. Or neighbors. Yep. Um, who have opinions. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so what are, what are the opinions? This, and this is strictly an opinion by some unnamed source. Unnamed source from, from what I've heard, the banter on the streets of that neighborhood. Yeah is from bad jokes, i.e. a divorce would have been easier. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, to I actually ask somebody the question, were you, when this woman went missing and was found murdered, was there, did you have fear? And this person said, no, because we all know the husband did it, right? Yeah. Uh, which, again, is is unfounded. I'm, I'm, I'm saying what, you know, the neighborhood is saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's dangerous, right? It's dangerous. And and this is the problem with an unsolved case. Like people might assume something that, but it's not proven and, and you know, innocent until proven guilty, period. Yeah. There's right? a reason that that person who was arrested, who we all know was Ian Hunt, yeah. is not behind bars today. There is a reason. And the reason has to be that there is not enough evidence there to put him to there. There has to be evidence, and then there has to be a trial, right? Where that evidence is presented, yep, and proven and, and, before. And a court. nobody's been arrested in this right. case, which shows that there's not even enough 
evidence for an arrest in this case. At this point. At this point, let alone let alone a, a trial. Right. So so you you have to you know, you have to you know, I've seen Mike, I've seen so many times like people so sure that one person, another person did the did did a crime, right? Mm -hmm. And then the truth comes out. So, you know, as much as 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 somebody in a neighborhood or a community might think something like it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Right. Right. There are exceptions to Occam's razor and Occam's razor is, uh, usually the most, the simplest explanation for a thing is yeah. the thing. Yeah. However, there are always exceptions. Always exceptions. Yeah. So, so yeah, I didn't say a lot because, um, it's, it's, uh, first of all, I read what you wrote and you kind of cover it well. And, and, um, yeah, I just, I want, like I said, in the middle of this, I just want the truth to come out mm -hmm. and whoever is responsible be held accountable so she can have, her family can have some justice. That's right. It's time for voicemails. You can leave us a message at one 327 5786 or one 877 darkptn We'd love to hear from you. Let's see who called us this week. All right. So it's time for some voicemails and hopefully it'll bring the tone up a little bit. Yeah, we haven't listened to these yet, have we? Yeah, no. Straight in then. <laughs> That voicemail beginning thing, oh my gosh, I love it so much. Prime example of how awesome you guys are. But yeah, I just want to say I absolutely love you guys. You're amazing. Your focus, as so many other people have said, on the individuals that are impacted by the crimes, whether it be families or the victims themselves, is, is really what sets you aside from other people that do podcasts. And I love and respect it so much. Um, I guess I should say my name is Tawny Meyer. I uh, am originally from Innisfil, Alberta, the one case that you did on Victoria Shakte. Um, yeah, I live in Victoria now, and, you know, getting to hear you guys tell that story really, really, really touched my heart. I really appreciate that you guys took the time to tell her story because it's just so sad what happened to her, and it impacted our entire community and I actually lived on the same street as her and was home when all that happened and it was just crazy so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you guys do and continuing to make an incredible podcast that keeps us all entertained I'm a painter by trade so having something to just plug into and do my job all day really makes a difference so much love and continue on the awesome work. And of course, go take a shit right in your hat or your toque, whatever you'd prefer. Anyways, have a great day. Bye now. <laughs> Thank you. I guess we don't have to give her a job. Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, but is she painting the Sistine Chapel? You know, or as Justin Bieber thought it was called the Sixteen Chapel. Oh, the six. Oh well. Did you see that interview on Letterman? Justine Bieber's dad just did some nasty stuff on social media, anti-LGBT stuff. 
Oh, who cares? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's his dad. <laughs> he's dick. Yeah. You know, it was Bieber. I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Tony. Yeah. Tony's a painter. Yes. Yeah, no, she's not painting the 16 shop. What is she painting? Well, I don't know, but actually, I need my place painted. Where does she live? <laughs> Where does she, she lives in she... Victoria. <gasps> Maybe she can come over and paint your place. I need a, a remont, as the Russians would say. Yeah, well, email the show at darkpoutinepodcast@gmail.com. Mm, if can, you, you can, you can, Steve can help you. With a quote. With yeah. a quote. Yes, exactly. Um, I want yeah, I want to go to the island this summer, Mike. I do too. I think it's time we had a meetup uh, on the island because you've not done a meetup with me over there, have you? Nine. I've only been to two meetups with you. Yes. One was Crime Con, which is a big meetup. Yep. Where we met some fantastic people. And lost wages. And and you, you, you saw me at my best. It's sort of like getting people to come over who didn't know us. And yes. that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, you were definitely, you had your advertising. I was right in there. Yeah. And and we we met a lovely crew in um, suburban, um, uh, not Philadelphia, what's it called? Seattle. That's right. Right. Um, so yeah, we, let's, let's do it, actually do it on some weekend. Yeah, we need to do a, a, a Vancouver meetup and we need to do okay, a, some. Start uh, planning Victoria. them. Okay. We did have a second voicemail that we were going to play, but the person named somebody in the voicemail and we're not comfortable with playing it because you're naming somebody else, even though it, you're naming them in a positive light. And it's actually a good voicemail. You're going to get in touch with that person. I am going to call that person. Yes. If I can. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I will probably be calling you back at some point. Okay. And that's it for voicemails. Let's move on to Patreon. That's it for this week's voicemails. Again, you can leave us one at one 327 5786 or one 827 We'd love to hear from you, even if it is just to say hi and to tell us to go shit in our hats. If you're stumped for what to chat with us about, a quick story is welcome. So here we are. Thank you, nobody. Thank you, nobody. Yeah. Nobody's job is doing nothing. But thank you, yeah. Thank you just for being listeners and those kind of things. Honestly, we just recorded another episode, so we burned through our patrons and donut money donors in that one. Yes. So it's not like we think that nobody likes us. It's, it's that... We just called them all out last week. We called them all out last in the last episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know how to get in touch with us and you know what to do. Patreon, what's the Patreon address? Patreon.com slash dark routine. There you go. Yep. And uh, obviously, PayPal is dark routine podcast at gmail.com. I say that all in the, what I'm about to say here. Oh, I know. It doesn't, okay. doesn't hurt to reach times frequency, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Gross rating point. Thanks to all our patrons and donut money donors, past and present, for your generosity. It helps to keep the show going. You can become a patron of Dark Poutine at patreon.com slash darkpoutine. For a one-time donation, you can send us donut money via PayPal using our email address, darkpoutinepodcast at gmail.com. If you don't already subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot if you did. You can easily find Dark Poutine on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
If you haven't gotten yours yet, my book, Murder, Madness, and Mayhem, is available to order via a link on the Dark Poutine website. And speaking of darkpoutine.com, please check it out for show notes and other cool stuff. We'd appreciate it if you took the time to give Dark Poutine a like or a follow on Facebook and Instagram. Most importantly, thank you for listening. And tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. You calculated GRP is reach times frequency. Did you know that? No, and I'm recording and nobody cares. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> old school advertising. And that's it for this episode. Matthew's laughing we'll at himself. 12 GRPs? <laughs> Matthew's like throwing weird statistical math at me and that kind of stuff that I just I like. And I didn't know he was recording, so you guys heard all that shit. No, because I edited it out. They didn't. Well, now that we're talking about it and you haven't done the editing yet, you're gonna edit, you're gonna leave it in. Okay. Okay. Anyway, don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>